indictment number three. This time, the big one. I think it's the granddaddy of all the indictments because the federal grand jury's indictment of Donald Trump, which happened just this past Tuesday. This is Thursday as I come to you. Actually, he's pled not guilty today in a Washington, D.C. court. This indictment is about democracy and the future of it. That's really what it's about. Yes, it's four criminal counts, including conspiracy to defraud and uh, all of that. But we've seen in American politics so much corruption in our nation's history, right? So much chicanery, lies, deceit, all sorts of things have gone on that have constituted abuses of power um, from elected officials everywhere, including presidents, people who've cheated and lied and all of that stuff. But one thing that was put into our constitution when it was formed less than 250 years ago, when they gathered in Philadelphia to kind of make a blueprint for what we now know as our self-governing experiment, the oldest in democracy, the oldest democracy in the world, excuse me, the oldest the world's ever known, was the idea, and you heard this through January 6th again and again, Thank you, Liz Cheney, for being such a voice of um, rectitude and morality and patriotism. The peaceful transfer of power. Ronald Reagan referred to it as a miracle that every four years etched into the parchment known as the Constitution, which has been alive for all these years, two and a half centuries, that every four years we go to the polls and we choose who will serve as our president. And the framers did not imagine that we would probably be in this place, but they, they worried that we might, right? I don't think they thought, oh God, is this would happen. But you know, it's such a staggering indictment that Donald Trump, this particular one is, is dealing with because Okay, he's already been indicted for the hush money uh, with Stormy Daniels in New York State, which also has federal charges attached to it. And then, of course, the Mar-a-Lago case under Espionage Act, which is huge, not downplaying any of these things. Although I do think that Alvin Bragg, New York indictment is weak. I said that at the time. I mean, I broke it down for you guys, but I, I, I think this is we're in much more significant territory now and with Mar-a-Lago than that one. But this is the third indictment in four months. And it gets to the crux of it all, right? The case is United States of America versus Donald Trump. And what's at stake is no less than the future of this country. Can the president of the United States, who then loses re-election, go ahead, lie about it, and then try to, through unlawful means, negate the will of the voters, overturn it. You would have thought we would never be dealing with this in our era. One thing we've been able to look forward to, Liz Cheney said this too, is that every four years we've had the peaceful transfer of power. This comes since George Washington, who voluntarily stepped down after two terms, and every president since. But what we've been seeing with Donald Trump and the legal fiascos that have followed and the woes that have enveloped him because this seems like something that you'd see with a junta or a coup 
or some kind of overthrow of government, not in the United States. Because Jack Smith, who brought this case, has said that Trump knowingly lied, committed fraud, conspiracy, right, to hold on to power. The indictment is 45 pages long. I urge you to read it. It's four counts. Okay? But specifically, Jack Smith got rid of the idea that Trump believed his claims of fraud, this whole idea that he is so aggrieved because he knows he won, ballots were harvested, and Atlanta, Philadelphia, Milwaukee all cheated him out of his election, blah, 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 blah. No, the, the indictment reads this in relation to this point. Quote, the defendant knew that they were false, it said, and made them anyway, being the charges, to, quote, create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger and erode public faith in the administration of the election. This alleged conspiracy that the indictment lays out has been really well known since the, the Liz Cheney and, 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 and her colleagues so proudly and nobly held the January 6th hearings, which we covered here comprehensively. Now, they've been, they've been completed for seven months now. But go back to the January 6th date itself. You watched it with your eyes. So unsealing this document, right? You go, oh, well, yeah, of course, of course. But what the document also does is doesn't specifically indict him for January 6th. And by the way, from the outset, this is very important says that Trump has the right, free speech, to lie about the election. He has the right to contest the election. Anybody does. But he doesn't have the right to use all the means possible, illegal means, that is, to thwart the peaceful transfer of power. And the indictment, if you read it, it kind of reads like a spy thriller. And I, I don't say that with any glee, but that's where we are in this country. It really takes place and covers the events from the night of November 3rd, where you know the election wasn't officially called yet because of absentee ballots, and Trump came out that night famously and declared victory, which was a full authoritarian flex, by the way. Let's not forget that. The ballots were not counted, and he said, we won this, and started crowing about a victory he didn't achieve right then and there. But the indictment really looks at things between November 30th 2020, and Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2021. That's really what the heart of the matter is. Jack Smith also does not charge anything relating to insurrection or seditious conspiracy. You remember that several of the Proud Boys and, and many of the people who have been convicted have faced charges of seditious conspiracy, some of the big planners of this, and that, that is a very high bar to have to prove under criminal law. I think Jack Smith knew that's tough. You know, was this a full-on seditious conspiracy? Well, it is in a political sense, right? We all look like, watch this, and January 6th committee referred charges to the Justice Department. It couldn't bring charges and said, yes, he incited an insurrection. Jack Smith stopped short of that because conspiracy to defraud is a way to cover it, and it's an easier bar to prove. Um, also, by not bringing up the term of insurrection or charging him under that, he would avoid any implications of politics because um, if Trump had been convicted um, for inciting an insurrection, if that actually could be proven or had been the charge, he would be barred from seeking office. And a lot of people say, oh, well, why didn't Smith do it? Smith didn't do it because one of MAGA's great lies has been that this is all a political witch hunt. All they do is 
echo and ape their cult leader. And also, it's just harder to prove. So Jack Smith was very careful in what he carved out here. But in carving out this, these charges, right, and all of the ways in which Trump and six unindicted co-conspirators, we know that five of them, and they include that crazy lawyer Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and acting assistant attorney general Jeffrey Clark, in carving it out, Jack Smith's and the grand jury's indictment and what Smith has charged show why the framers did what they did. Because, you know, when the framers were building a nation, just having fought a war against Great Britain, right, they had fought against centuries and really um, history, if you think about it, which was ruled by Kaisers and emperors and leaders and all sorts of kings, divine right of kings, where they only died and then their family would take over, right? Or coups happened and the military overthrew the government. There weren't peaceful transfers of power, not in the days of absolute monarchy. No such thing, right? It was primogeniture. Son's the king. Or your father's the king, the son takes over. The son's the king, his son takes over. That kind of thing. Or his daughter takes over, so to speak. Um, Every defeated president has accepted the verdict of the election other than Donald Trump. Every other charge that has been leveled against him or that has been associated with him is small potato, small boy. Okay? Because unlike the Stormy Daniels thing or the taking documents after leaving the White House, these were things he did while he was still president. You know, we call that the lame duck period, right? The period from the election day to inauguration day, um, that interregnum used to be longer. All right. Back when Roosevelt was, was changed after Roosevelt, but he, he was inaugurated in March. Imagine the way to March from November to March. That's what we would have had to live through had they not changed it, but it's long, but it always feels long, and the president assembles his cabinet, and there's a transition team. This one felt awfully long because as people watched with their own eyes, Trump wouldn't go away. And he inflamed, and he stoked. But he was doing it while he was still president, just to keep his power, right? And as a result of his lies, about 30% of people polled, 3 in 10 Americans, think the 2020 election was stolen. Even though it was not. He knows it's not. Jack Smith wants to try to prove that. And his surrounding uh, advisors know, he, know it was not. And this lie, the big lie, the whole threat on democracy, which has been so um, corrosive and so poisonous and has unleashed toxin in, toxins into our system that we've never, ever had has led to this narrative of victimization and only further stoked the grievance of a grievance-based movement, MAGA anyway. You know, but he ran, it was race, it was immigration, it was bad trade deals, it was wars. But now it's democracy. Now it's we don't trust anybody because they're out to get him. And, and now Trump has taken it upon himself to further make those claims beyond the lie. I am your retribution. I'm getting indicted for you. No, you're not, man. You're getting indicted for literally almost trying to overthrow the government. But it doesn't matter because his people see him as their avatar. People say, how can, or, or non-Trump people, the majority of us go, how can people still support him? Because 
they too feel that they are not being heard. I know it sounds um, unfathomable after almost eight years of dealing with this guy, but here we are, the witch hunts, right? Everything's against him, the deep state. And Trump has been saying he's going to get indicted. He's been laying the groundwork, right? Tuesday afternoon, he, he came out on True Social and said, why didn't they do this two and a half years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they wanted to protect, put it right in the middle of my campaign, prosecutorial misconduct, quote unquote. Immediately, all of his lackeys and flunkies and cult, cultists said this is just like what they do and what they did in communist China under Mao or what, what would happen under Hitler or what, what would happen under Stalin. All that. But they can name call all they want. I mean, still, Trump has to see his day in court. But here's the thing. And this is key. Okay? And folks, this is the crux of this episode of Stay Dirty, Stay Moderate. Yes, Trump is having his day in court. Okay? Yes, Fonnie Willis in Georgia will hand down an indictment as she should for what he tried to do in Fulton County, which was to ask Brad Raffensperger to find him those 11,780 votes or whatever it was. We only have the 2024 election as our ultimate guardrail. Listen to what I just said. Trump can get convicted. He will appeal. A conviction is the beginning, not the end. Trump is allowed legally to run while under indictment, while under conviction. He's allowed to run in prison. Eugene Debs did in 1912, I believe it was, or 1920. Um, he won a million votes. He was a socialist candidate. Okay, can happen. I know it's. I know you say this won't happen, but remember, let's go back. Twenty sixteen, Trump was never going to be president, right? Okay. And for a long time, people wondered why the wheels of justice took so long to spin. Well, regardless of that, here's what we have, and here's also what the founders gave us. Every four years, we vote, and. I can't say it enough here, vote.org. We have said it, we have said it that 101 million people didn't even vote in 2020, which was the highest turnout in a long, I think, of ever. So two-thirds of registered voters voted, but yet 101 million people didn't even bother. By the way, in the New York Times Siena poll that came out this week, not only is Trump trouncing everybody in Republican primary, I think he's trouncing DeSantis by like 37 points. He is neck and neck with Joe Biden. It's 43-43. 14% of voters said they're not voting for either one of them. And I've said that too. People don't want this, this, this match. They don't want a rematch. They don't want this, this whole shit show again. But that's where we are. And if you care about democracy, it's Joe Biden or bust. Voted for Joe Biden, I will vote for him again. I think he's been a very good president. I don't agree with everything he's done. It doesn't matter. What the Trump era has done is made us uh, or has taken our polarization to another level where if you don't agree with me, you're my enemy. No, your opponents are not your enemy. And yes, I think the worst of this comes from the right, but it does come from the far left. But the far left isn't trying to overthrow democracy, okay? Joe Biden, who I'm going to vote for, disagreeing with him does not make me an enemy of the Democratic Party, okay? And, and similarly, people who do not want Donald Trump to be their nominee in the Republican Party are not enemies of the state or of the GOP. But that's where we are. And the only guardrail we've got is this election. He may 
you know, we're going to have four trials. I don't know how they're going to turn out. I don't know, you know, Jack Smith's pushing for a speedy trial. A lot of people want to see this happen before the election. We know the Alvin Bragg New York one starts in March of 2024. Uh, we don't know. We know now, actually, we know the Eileen Cannon case, the Mar-a-Lago case is May of 2024. Okay. But we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if there'll be further delays. There's all sorts of, as you know, ways to gum up the legal system. Okay. Now, the court of law is going to be difficult for Trump. He's going to face a D.C. jury on this latest indictment. He won 4% of the vote in 2020 there, okay? He may try to delay. I mean, he's not going to face friendly jury. Now, on the other hand, the Mar-a-Lago case is Fort Pierce, Florida, uh, a couple hours north and west of Miami, so it's very red. Who knows if you can get 12 people to say guilty? That's what you need. And that's the other thing, folks. Even in D.C., you need 12. I mean, there could be a mistrial. Now, that's not an acquittal, just to be cl clear, but that would mean you got to start all over again. So, but the most essential facts of this case are not in contention, okay? He was very open, Trump was, about saying, I am going to overturn the election. He tried. He took everything. He's been lying about it since. Do you know that Donald Trump has not conceded the 2020 election? That's where we are. And that's why this is such an inflection point. I know it's an overused term, but it really is. To say that the 2024 election is the election of our lifetime. We've been saying this mainly since the year 2000. Screw that. Here we are. Yeah, Trump was beaten, but he was responsible. His words were responsible for agitating people enough to storm the Capitol and for the first time attack the Capitol and the cradle of democracy from within. Had never happened. The British were the only people that ever did that. That happened of Donald Trump, and it happened while he was still president. January 6, 2021, Donald Trump was still president. Joe Biden was not president until noontime on January 20th, 2021. So there were 14 days left of Trump's single term in office. Trump has also threatened to terminate the Constitution, he said, if he were to win. The question is whether all these alleged crimes add up to a federal jury at Jack Smith's behest. No prosecutor has brought charges for this before. There's no precedent for this. There's just They just don't exist. Trump's defenders say he had all these good faith reasons to contest the results. He was allowed to contest the results. And they are lying in saying that Jack Smith and this, and this grand jury are criminalizing speech. They are not. At the outset, Jack Smith says Trump has a right to lie about the election. I know it has been poisonous, but he does. But... It is not protected speech under the First Amendment to fraudulently and unlawfully engage in an effort to launch a conspiracy against the government of the United States. But as the indictment says, Trump was told over and over again by his allies, by his people, by members of the administration, that what he was saying was not true, and he continued to make them. He was told they were not true by two attorneys general, multiple DOJ officials, and the government election security chief, who said, if you remember, the 2020 election was the freest and fairest and safest election of all. He was told by Mike Pence. He was told by various secretaries of state and legislators and Republican governors. Despite it all, he kept lying and he never conceded. And you know, not a single court 
who is not affiliated with Trump, you know, no independent authority that is, but no judge, no attorney, no prosecutor, no election agency, no governor has ever corroborated any election claims that Trump has made, not a one. And none of them would have come close to reversing any of the results in any of the swing states, let alone the three or four that would have determined or would have uh, reversed the outcome in the hand of the election of Trump. A person who tried to defraud America and undermine it and rip the heart of its democracy out, as Jack Smith has charged, is Donald Trump. He knew they were bogus. He didn't want to let go. He's a sore loser. He's a narcissist. But still, it was all a bid for power. You're going to hear it's all politics. You're going to be awash in legalese. You're going to be awash in scandal. And the 2024 election is a shit show. But the justice system is now doing its job. Many of you carped and crowed for a long time. That was never going to happen. And Merrick Garland finally appointed Jack Smith. And you know what? It happened. This goes to the highest level of our government. Okay? Has to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt. It's a criminal uh, charge. I know, I'm not naive. I understand all this. But, and you know what? It's not a slam dunk case. None of them are. Like I said, you got to get 12. But fraudulent electors, sham proceedings, conspiracy to defraud, find me 11,780 votes. You're going to hear a lot more about that from Fonnie Willis. Trump's unlawful attempt to overturn the election, folks. Millions of people think Biden is not the president, or stole the election. Imagine that. But this is the moment where we face the truth. And we find out who we are as a country and what we stand for. And though the justice system is doing its job, the electoral system is going to be the last hurrah, the final bulwark. That's why I said that's the guardrail now. 15 months away, okay, or so, is that right? Five, yeah, excuse me, 18 months away. No, 15 months away, I'm wrong. Yeah, 15 months away, it's August, geez. And we're gonna find out who wins the 2024 election, okay? Is Trump's final verdict and America's. Folks, thank you for listening. In the meantime, stay dirty, stay moderate, and stay safe.